0: Algar Productions. Welcome to the Death of Podcasts. I'm Al and this is Amanda. Hello. And we're making our way through Terry Pratchett's Discworld Series one book at a time. This month we're discussing book 32, A Hat Full of Sky, which is also the second Tiffany Aching book.
1: Yes, it surely is.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Still love this sub-series. Mm-hmm. Very much so.
1: This is probably my least favorite of them, which is really? still... yeah, like it's i still really enjoyed it like Mm -hmm. i'm not saying like ugh, i hated this no i i really really enjoyed it it just was my it's probably my least favorite i don't remember
0: enough about the subsequent three to make a judgment just Mm -hmm. yet i like this probably as much as the first one
1: i don't like it as much as the first one
0: Mm, i probably do uh let me tell you what happens in it yeah go ahead tiffany faces a hiver
1: that's pretty good but it doesn't tell the audience what a hiver is
0: Okay, like that's a
1: fantasy. I, let's not
0: thing. let's not get into that with our tiny summaries because you have absolutely done that same trick.
1: yeah, but I say like a dragon a hiver is made up for this. is it? Yeah,
0: I have no idea.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's a thing.
0: I am not steeped in fantasy the yeah. way you are, so I have no idea. I mean, we can talk now about what a hiver is. Yes, we but, can. but again, I've seen you pull this trick too to yeah, make but I always say shorter. what the
1: thing. Is. Yeah, but I'm
0: not going to waste valuable summary real estate doing that. I'll do that in the body of the show.
1: All right. I don't <laughs> think you could tell what this was by reading it.
0: No, probably not. That's okay. Uh, so a hiver is, how would you describe it?
1: Uh, it's sort of a fantasy monster that takes over really strong people um, and uh, gives them what they think they want and drives them insane.
0: It's sort of made up of all the like pieces, echoes mm-hmm. of the people that it's taken over before. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really have a will of its own beyond find the strongest one and protect ourselves. Right. And uh, there's a really cool bit uh, when we get into sort of the meat of it where it talks about the forests, like the world mm-hmm. being forest and it being dark and then man cutting down the trees mm-hmm. and letting the light in and it's it's all very, very good. And like as civilization became a thing the darkness wasn't quite as bad but the hiver was still a thing and it was it was all very good
1: yeah and the hiver wanted to protect itself so it took over the strongest
0: right and one of the one of the people it took over in the distant past was a wizard who was Mm -hmm. like uh, researching it and naturally like went insane
1: yeah and that's uh sensibility bustle who has a strong memory in the hiver so that's one of the like the characters yeah. that we meet inside of the hiver.
0: And Tiffany now has those voices sort of kicking around mm-hmm. inside her head. And and I had forgotten this about subsequent books, but I guess they're still in there. They are, yep. Later, which is pretty cool. Uh, but what we really get here, like, in addition to that, is Tiffany's training as a witch starting in earnest. Instead of being pushed into the deep end of the pool and having to defend things, now she gets to back up and actually learn something instead of having to, like...
1: Right, she passed the test in the first book and now she gets to learn. Not,
0: I mean, narratively, there was a test, but I don't think all the young witches that go through this necessarily are tested in this way.
1: No, but uh, Granny talks a lot about how the test comes first, then you become a witch.
0: Right, but I think she means... For people like them. Yeah. Of which there are not many. And there's a lot of granny Weatherwax in this book. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I like it very much. And there's a
1: lot of granny Weatherwax with Tiffany. Yes. Which every one of those scenes is like, like the, my bad thing about the book mm-hmm. was I found the pacing was a little uneven. Okay. Um, we spent a lot of long scenes with the feagles doing comedy routines and, and that kind of thing. Like, eh. and there's some bits in the middle that kind of got a little draggy. But every time we're with Tiffany and Granny, like, Well, there's a, there's a
0: pretty clear divide halfway through the book. Yep. Like, it's halfway where the Hiver has done its worst. And they're trying to keep it, like, stave it off one, two, three. Mm-hmm. And Granny shows up. And the second half of the book is the two of them together.
1: And I like the second half of the book. The mm-hmm. first half of the book feels a little meandery. I and disagree. then we have a section where the Hiver's taken over Tiffany. Mm-hmm. So we don't have... Like, Tiffany. Right. We were just following the hiver and... That's only, like, uh, yeah. a
0: chapter, though. It doesn't go on for very long.
1: It's a couple of chapters. Okay, but even um, still,
0: I thought it was just long enough. Like, I found that all very interesting.
1: But anyways, yeah, the second half of the book is Tiffany and Granny, and all that stuff's gold.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I did not find it meandering at all. There was one fegal thing that mm-hmm. I thought was a little long, and that's actually my bad thing. Mm-hmm. There's a bit where Rob Anybody, the, mm-hmm. the leader of the fegals, is... Learning to read, and that's not too bad. There's
1: two bits, is yes, the yes, problem. I know,
0: but I'm saying, like, there that's one of the things that's happening in this book. Mm-hmm. And early in the book, he's learning, and it's about a page, and it's kind of funny. And then it comes up again when he's got to read something important to the plot, and it goes on forever. It's really and long it's time. like, we've already done this bit, and I get that it's a payoff from before, but boy, you could have hit fast forward. Mm-hmm. Like, it was it just went on because. Tiffany's trying to send them a message, and she sends them ten words or right. something. and then Rob and he's has reading to read them. them one letter at a time in his funny way. Well, that's mm-hmm. a man on a horse, and that's a, mm-hmm. and it's cute at first, but it goes on forever. And but apart from that, I didn't mind the the comedy bits.
1: Well, then we also have the bit where they um, make a man. I out, that. out of a suit again. I thought
0: that was funny. We what did do you mean that again.
1: In, they did that in the last book. Did they? Yeah. When. Uh, they had to dress up as a guy in the last book. They had to go into a something. No. I'm
0: pretty they were sure they were in did. the dream world. They were pretending very briefly as a person. That, that wasn't the same kind of thing at yeah. all, though, because it was all dream imagery. This was practical, having to crawl inside a scarecrow, basically, and, like, walk around. And I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny, and I didn't think it—like, when we cut back to it, it always went quickly, and then— there was some new funny aspect to it, and then we would cut away again.
1: I was very much get on with it.
0: Oh, no, I I enjoyed it. And I liked the, as the danger with Tiffany mm-hmm. escalated, these guys are rushing to save her, and they're too late. But, like, we keep cutting. Like, I think, it for me, it helped the tension, because Tiffany's in danger, and these are the only people who know that she's in danger and are rushing to help her, and they're not getting there in time. And cutting back and forth, I think,
1: that just didn't do it for me. I was just like, okay, let's get back to Tiffany now. Mm. Um, the fegals, by the end of the series, very much wear out their welcome for me. And yes, I know. And they started in this. I, they haven't completely worn out their welcome. I wasn't like, ugh, the fegals. But I will get that to that point. And this, I can already sort of start feeling mm. it.
0: I thought apart from the one comedy bit that was funny the first time mm-hmm. and wore out its welcome the second time. like Terry Pratchett does a good job of each... And I'm pretty sure this carries through all the books, but so far, at least in these two books, when we get a group of fegals, he picks three or four that we're going to focus on so we don't have to, like, learn the whole clan. Right. This time, it's Rob Anybody and Daft Wooly, and then it's some new guys. And it's like, good, here's a couple of guys I know and a couple of new characters, and it's not just the same shtick every time because now there's a new dynamic and there's a new thing happening. And I think he does that in each of the Tiffany books, if I remember correctly. I don't remember. And... That way, it stays a little fresh because it's not exactly the same characters doing exactly the same things.
1: But we've got Rob, who we do yeah, know, I like who has you. a bit of a character. Yeah. yeah.
0: And and Daft Willie because he's the dumb one right. who always puts his foot in his mouth. And he's a good foil for Rob. And then some new guys. And I don't know. I like him. And there's a bit near the end, which we'll get to more when we talk right. about this. But, like when Tiffany's in the where where the purple sand is mm-hmm. where, where where death is where mm-hmm. people have to walk across the desert and Rob's followed her and death is just like irritated like Rob's oh, trying a to fegal. push back the hood and he's like get, it, get get off of me stop that and it's it's quite good you could just like Terry Pratchett paints a good picture mm-hmm. of just this hooded skeleton picking up this little struggling blue man and it's very funny to me so i don't know the feagles didn't bother me
1: like I say, this one, it was okay, but I can start feeling the edges of it mm. now. And by the end of the series, I'm completely over it.
0: What I really liked about this book was Tiffany is 11 now. Yes. And I think it's not too much of a stretch to say she's either hitting puberty or very close to it. And that's relevant because she's a ball of emotions. She's got mm-hmm. this thing that she did that she can be very proud of that's threatening to turn into, like, bad pride. And she's got a lot of feelings that she doesn't talk about, and she's got a lot of stuff happening. And who would she
1: talk to them about?
0: Well, like, when people like Miss Tick reach out to her, she won't. Or her new teacher, Miss Level, she doesn't really, like, talk to people. And the Hiver coming in amplifies that.
1: And all the things that the Hiver does are things that Tiffany wants to do. Yeah, she or would t- do
0: if she didn't have, like... A conscience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I like all that, and I love how it felt, and you can obviously speak to this better than I can, but I feel like he tapped into that real viciousness of prepubescent slash early teen girls
1: well she meets a bunch of other young witches and right this. witches
0: in training right yeah so
1: we've got um petulia who is like friendly and a pig sort witch. of a bumbling yeah. yeah she has to like drive her broomstick into rocks to get it right to stop because she can get it to go right and, not and stop. she's
0: she's the one that's good with pigs right she's, she's not pigs. particularly a good witch but she's got one specialty that you know that she's and
1: yeah. um when Granny and Tiffany go to fight the Hiver, Petulia comes after them to check on them. Right, even though she's, she's brave, she's brave. Yeah,
0: she's not necessarily smart or capable, but she is brave. She's
1: very brave, and she's like a like yeah. that's a witchy thing to do. It
0: absolutely is.
1: Um, and then we have Anna Grandma, who Whoa. is yeah she's the worst. I hate her so. Oh, much. she's so good. Uh huh. And we come. She comes back in subsequent yeah. books, and she's also just so great. But those. that's just, oh. one
0: of the main things I really liked about this mm-hmm. was one, all of Tiffany's like angsty young mm-hmm. girl stuff and two, how it manifests itself in this group of bike bat- backbiting young girls, particularly
1: yeah, Anna Yeah, because um just badgers people. Yes. Like Tiffany says she's like a sheepdog that is it keeps telling sheep to do things and doesn't give them enough time to do it and so it gets mad and the sheep get mad and nothing gets done so she's just bothering these other women and being yeah. nasty to them and it,
0: and it and there's this great thing where Tiffany's got this imaginary invisible hat that granny gave her right. and the the embarrassment that he taps oh, into it's there so bad. Oh. because that was the sort of like big emotional payoff of the last book is oh my god granny weatherwax gave her a hat that's so cool and here she shows it to these others and they're like what hat what are you talking about there's nothing there and it's just agonizing it's hard to read because it's so like this is all the stuff i love this is all the this is a very specific story about a young girl and again you can speak more to this you've been a young girl but but Second hand. Well, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Like, to me, it feels like this old dude tapped into some real, like uh, horrible emotions and horrible social dynamics that that teens and preteen girls have to go through.
1: No, and Tiffany says, you know, I I beat the Queen of the Fairies and they're like You do what
0: Yeah, and that's that is a source of (laughs) anxiety for me because because they don't believe her and it's like, but she did it Ah!" And I I love all that. I love all that very much and I love how hateable and
1: even As Tiffany never minded that people in the chalk didn't know. No, it doesn't matter. She knows are, she's
0: the smartest one in the room there and she doesn't have to her, impress. Those these people.
1: are supposed to be her peers. These yeah. are people who should know and be impressed by her. These are plus, the people she's trying to impress. Plus,
0: Granny Weatherwax respects her. How did how does this 13 year old mm-hmm. girl not read? Come on,
1: man. <laughs> well, a 13 year old girl is terrifying. I
0: know. And that's what I'm saying. He he really tapped into something there that I thought was really good. And if you're writing this, I don't know if he knew it was going to mm-hmm. be five books, but if you're writing this sub-series of books where she's a child, then she's a little older mm-hmm. and a little, like, this is a nice milestone in that development of, like, this isn't all, like, Harry Potter, you know, let's go drink some butterbeer mm-hmm. crap. There's, you know, like, there's some there's some horrible things about being that age.
1: And... Anna Grandma never like she learns but she never changes the core of herself right Uh, in this one she's just a jerk yeah Uh, and we get a little more robust look into her character in in subsequent books Mm -hmm. but in this the Hiver takes Tiffany over and takes terrifies Anagramma, mm-hmm. but toward the before she even knows the hiver has gone Anagramma's is already like rewriting history yeah, in her did, head where did, like, never i like i wasn't scared i was there's, never, there, there there's no hiver come on and she's already sort of taking like mm-hmm. taking control again mm-hmm. just because because she's a witch too yes like she's another witch ass witch yes
0: and she's training under uh mrs earwig yes who interestingly enough we didn't we didn't know this until we looked at um l space uh, there's a There was a short story that Terry Pratchett wrote sort of in between books. What uh, was
1: it? The Fishes or something? I
0: wrote it down because I always get the title slightly wrong. And The I
1: Fish am... and the Fishes.
0: Yes. The Sea and the Little Fishes. Yeah. And essentially it's about the witch trials that are in this book. And I love the idea that Terry Pratchett turned around the idea of a witch finder, which is Miss Tick. Right. And... Finding
1: witches to teach them.
0: Yes. And witch trials, which are literally like the sheepdog trials that Tiffany has in the chalk, which are just which is showing off what they can do to one another.
1: Right, it's it's yeah, it's it's a fun day out.
0: Right, showing off to one another what they can do, not what they actually do to one another. Um and uh the, this the short story introduces the idea of the witch trials and Mrs. Earwig and how she's this sort of next generation of witch that doesn't stand for granny weatherwax spooking people and like thinks there should be a committee and thinks that there should be rules and and... she
1: wants to do like the sparkly tinkly magic like she wants to draw circles on the ground and like have a special magic wand and all that stuff yeah
0: but she also wants to be in charge but also she's got that like terry pratchett has a very you know like most comedy writers manifest this someplace this this disdain for middle management for bureaucracy right. for all that she wants enough deniability that if things go wrong it's she's not in charge but she still wants to run everything It's because
1: writers don't like having day jobs
0: or bureaucracy sucks yeah could be you know if you're looking for human foibles that's that's one of the worst but but yeah it's it's all a very good dynamic and that's one of the reasons i like this one quite a bit um so let's talk about uh the the, the witch that is supposed to be training Tiffany.
1: Okay, yeah, so Miss Level mm-hmm. um there were things that I liked about Miss Level. I liked her a lot. But I felt like she was a bunch of different sort of character traits and sort of like powers and items just sort of thrown in a bag. She never really sort of coalesced as a character for me. Mm-hmm. Um one of the things that I liked about her mm-hmm. was um the reason that Miss Tick and Granny sent Tiffany to Miss Level mm-hmm. is because Tiffany has done all of this big magic. Right. She's become the land, and she's expelled a fairy queen, and she's done all of this stuff, mm-hmm. but she hasn't done a ton of the medicine and going like around the houses and talking to people and doing right. like like what's most of witchcraft. Births
0: and deaths, basically, but yes.
1: Yeah, and taking care of people. And yeah. Miss Level... Uh, Granny says in a really good scene that Miss Le- Level is really good at it. She's yes. better than Granny is. Yeah.
0: Well, Granny's terrible with people. Yeah, and she's oh, just yeah. awful. Yeah.
1: Um, and so that's what she does. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also a research witch. Yes. Uh, so she is. she's trying to um, figure out the doctrine of signatures where mm-hmm. you have um, uh, plants have writing on them, basically, that say what they're good for. Yeah, and there's a nice
0: little note from the author at the end mm-hmm. talking about how, in in our world, right. people believed that. That, like, something that is yellow helps with jaundice because you turn yellow when you're jaundiced. Right, because
1: kind of if thing. you think that there's a god and, god, and you think that god has created everything for people to use, then god would There then... must have
0: been some kind of notes left behind as well, right. otherwise how would we know?
1: And in the disc world, there literally are gods and they actually do this
0: and there's actual writing on some of the plants that say like do not operate machinery when you use this or something right
1: Uh, that was pretty funny
0: that felt like a throwback to the oldest books in Mm -hmm. in a good way yeah like there were some good it was a gag in the yeah Yeah. in the very earliest books but like one of those sort of hitchhikers guide gags where it's like world building and also funny and that's the stuff I liked in Color of Magic and Light Fantastic. Right. And it's nice every now and then he doesn't do it much anymore. But every now and then to say, Hey, remember remember this? This is this is how what this is all built on and I can still pull these out if I want to.
1: And it was like it was it was funny.
0: It was. It was legit yeah. funny and it didn't wear out its welcome nope. and it was it was and just And it a nice... didn't
1: it wasn't like a setup payoff thing. No. It wasn't like that was the no. answer Here's to it. Here's just a
0: fun, weird little detail. That ties into something that a character's doing. Because
1: sometimes, you know, that can, like, Terry yeah. Pratchett does a good job of tying everything together. Yeah. And that's not a complaint that I have of his writing. He's gotten
0: better at it. Early yeah. books weren't so good.
1: But sometimes it's like, Jesus, I know already. It's going to come up later. Yep. But this was just a nice little bit yeah. of
0: business. Yeah. No, I, I quite enjoyed it.
1: Um. So, uh, Miss Level is two people in or no she's one person in two bodies Mm -hmm. she's not twins right she is the same person with two bodies right Uh, i like that yeah me too um and she uh, ran away from like a girl's home uh to join the circus Mm -hmm. which was like good for her because otherwise she probably like she that's what made her a witch right was being one person in two bodies Mm -hmm. and without like supportive decent people around her like she found in the circus she probably would have gone evil right which is what she says in the book
0: and I like her circus backstory I like that she's got this whole we because like her house has the posters and like Tiffany figures out oh there's like there was some romance there Mm -hmm. and there was some like I like all that I like the idea of a witch who had a life before she became a witch right And and she did that life was sort of informed by what she is,
1: and she says, "You know, I joined the circus, and with one thing and another, I came up here and became a witch." Mm-hmm. You know, and that little story.
0: Later, we find out, like, yeah, a little more. But yeah, I like, I like that too. I don't know. I really, I really enjoyed the character. Yeah,
1: I just uh, we meet um, each of these books. Tiffany has a different sort of teacher character, mm-hmm. and just like this is kind of my least favorite book, this is my least favorite teacher. Huh. I don't think she's bad. It's not like I'm like ugh every yeah. time she came on screen, I enjoyed her. Okay, but she's got all of these various things and they don't feel particularly tied together she feels like leftover notes
0: okay i I didn't feel that way but all right but but you did put this particular thing down as your good thing though
1: uh yes um
0: just you you already talked about what it actually was but the idea yeah the
1: the non the non-witchy part like the non-magical parts of of witchy yeah the
0: tedious part and there's even bits where tiffany's like I didn't expect that I'd be handed a magic wand and taught spells, but this is boring. Yeah, this is And this that's is what not, the hiver sort of yeah, latches on
1: Because it this is she's you she's expecting yeah. a little more than this. Yeah, like, I got
0: to go to the land of the fairies. Mm-hmm. Why why am I now like helping old men, you know, clean their boils or whatever. Yeah, like
1: she that's I don't that. remember if it was this book is her last book, but she thought that witchcraft was going to be all of the cool stuff and riding around on broomsticks, and also she helped people, but because mm-hmm. she's she's nice, right? Like she wasn't expecting it to be like this, right? Um, this isn't my quote, but I do want to read this passage, um, about Miss Level and how she sort of okay. operates. Tiffany couldn't quite work out how Miss Level got paid. Certainly, the basket she carried filled up more than it emptied. They'd walk past a cottage, and a woman would come scurrying out with a fresh fresh-baked loaf or a jar of pickles, even though Miss Level hadn't stopped there. But they'd spent an hour somewhere else stitching up the leg of a farmer who'd been careless with an axe, and get a cup of tea and a stale biscuit. Didn't seem fair. Oh, it evens out, said Miss Level, as they walked through the woods. You do what you can, people give what they can, when they can. Old Slapwook there, with the leg. He's as mean as a cat, but there'll be a big cut of beef on my doorstep before the week's end, you can bet on it. His wife will see to it. And pretty soon, people will start killing their pigs for winter, and I'll get more lard, ham, bacon, and sausages turning up than a family could eat in a year. You will? What do you do with all that food? Store it, said Miss Level. But you, I store it in other people. It's amazing what you can store in other people.
0: That's a very witch idea. It's a very, like, we're part. And it's a very sort of, like, communal Terry Pratchett. Terry Pratchett has this idea of, like, how cities work. Mm -hmm. He's got the Igors. Like, Mm -hmm. this idea comes up again and again, where it's, like, people... Do the thing that they're, you know, each to their own ability, basically. Right. And then that all helps other people in need, who helps other people in need, and so on.
1: And I think Nanny says at one point, I don't remember if it's in a previous book or a future book, uh, that a witch's job is to empty what's full and full what's empty. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. You you give you help with birthing. You help with people who are hungry. You yeah. Like yeah.
0: Yeah, I like all of that. I don't know. I liked my soul and. So we get let's let's get to the sort of the meat of it, like when the when the hyver takes Tiffany over. Right. So Tiffany has taught herself this trick, where she jumps out of her own body, basically to, to as a mirror. Right, that's it. She doesn't have one. Her mirror she's was crappy. A, yeah, and she wanted she got a new dress, and but really it's this powerful magic that she just naturally has that she didn't want to tell. And this is part of what I was talking about, how she didn't tell Miss Tick she could do right. it if she had said something to someone, and. This isn't like... She does a, it
1: because she likes to have a secret because it yes. makes her feel powerful. Yes. And
0: this isn't like in a dumb sitcom or an old movie where it's like, well, if you just tell someone... Mm-hmm. Like, no, this is a tragic flaw. This is... She's an adolescent girl and she's got a secret that she wants to keep to herself because it's special. And, and she's powerful and she wants, she wants that.
1: I get that. She was... No, I do too. Uh, ...in a big family and she doesn't have anything that's her own. She
0: was the last girl in a long yep. line of them. And, yeah, all of her clothes have been worn by 10 other people. And there's, you know. a,
1: there's a wonderful bit at the end of the book where Granny gives Tiffany her her real hat this time, not mm-hmm. a virtual hat. And Tiffany, at this point, is sort of over the idea. And she looks at it and she's like, well, that's nice. And she said it to be polite because she's, yeah. she's used to use clothes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how she sees it.
0: Right. But... So Tiffany's taught her this herself this this mm-hmm. trick, which she she does as see me, where she's like her ghost image steps out of her body and looks at herself and then steps back in. And that's how when she steps out once, the hiver slips in. Right. And so it takes over and it feeds on this like uh, boredom mm-hmm. being trained by Miss Level and this this preteen angst mm-hmm. and all of this stuff and turns her into like evil goth Tiffany. Right. Basically like uh, if you watch Riverdale, Dark Betty. This or if I you pictured. watch,
1: if you watch the craft, the craft.
0: Okay, but I'm picturing someone who could never be evil mm-hmm. suddenly being evil because it was a ridiculous image in my head. It's it's like like the episode of Powerpuff Girls when Bubbles was hardcore. No, right? No, you're not. You know, it's, I'm mean now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, Tiffany has an edge to her. Yep. Tiffany can fight the dirty fights when she needs to, but she's not.
1: She's evil. not mean. No, yeah.
0: she's. We'll talk in a minute yeah. about her similarities to Granny. This is one way that she is not similar to Granny. But the Hiver still feeds on all that and, and amplifies it and takes her to this magic supply place. Mm-hmm. And she does some horrible things there.
1: That's actually my real quote. Okay,
0: so first she talks to the shopkeeper, Zack-Zack right. Strong in the arm, who's this dwarf. Right. And...
1: He's selling magical fripperies, like stuff that witches don't really need. kind
0: of soaking the young witches mm-hmm. who think they need crystal balls and crap.
1: And like fancy hats and like yeah. occult jewelry and all that stuff. And
0: he keeps a wizard on staff to protect. And basically it's like worse Rincewind. The, right. the physical description reminded me of Rincewind. Very wind, much And it's like if Rincewind dropped out in the second mm-hmm. year and then worked for some magic shop to... Look like a wizard.
1: Yeah, so that the the girls coming in won't yeah because these are anything. these are they're
0: magic adepts. Yeah. and th- it could potentially be dangerous because they do know some stuff, and you want you want some protection. I get that,
1: but they're also children who probably don't know better.
0: Right, but Tiffany goes like crazy overboard when when the wizard starts like
1: uh like let's ta- hey, it's time hey, to leave.
0: You got to pay for this stuff you're yeah. taking. We're not what she says is you're going to give me a ninety percent discount. I'm going to pay. I'm not just yeah. going to steal it, but you're going to... and No, we're not. Get out of here. Yeah. And then and then this happens.
1: Uh, so um, they talk about turning people into frogs, mm-hmm. and Zack-Zack says, I, I wish I could see that. And Tiffany says, wish granted, and mm-hmm. turns Brian into a frog. And then she says, you see, said Tiffany... Well, something in the air went gloop, gloop above them. A frog only weighs a few ounces, but Brian weighs, oh, about 120 pounds, yes? So, to turn someone big into a frog, you've got to find something to do with all the bits you can't fit into the frog, right? She bent down and lifted the pointy wizard's hat on the floor. Happy, Brian? she asked. A small frog squatted in a heap of of clothes and looked up and said, Erk! Zack-Zack didn't look at the frog. He was looking at the thing that went gloop, gloop. It was like a large pink balloon full of water. Quite pretty, really, wobbling gently against the ceiling. You've killed him, he mumbled. What? Oh, no, that's just the stuff that he doesn't need right now. It's sort of spare Brian.
0: Yeah. Brutal. Well, it's first of all, it's that wonderful, like, Terry Pratchett has a great comedic approach, which is, let's look at all the stuff you know to be true about magic and fantasy and all that and apply a little bit of extra logic to it. And sometimes that results in a joke. Sometimes it results in something horrible like this. It's like, because previous to that, like right. a couple of lines before, she talks about like the conservation, conservation of, of mass, matter. Yeah. Like you can't get rid of mass. It has to go somewhere. And magic has these rules and that. So this all makes logical sense and that makes it worse. Yep. It's not like he invented this new horrible thing. It's it all just fits in the world that he's made, and it's so good. I love it. And um, what I love this is my good thing. The absolute horror when she goes back to because she Miss remembers Level
1: size. doing all of it.
0: Yes, but the just the idea of one of Miss Level being killed.
1: Well, we didn't actually talk about that yet.
0: Well, that's what I'm. Yeah, that, yeah. I'm using this to bring that up. Like I've come to realize, and I mentioned this in in previous episodes there aren't a ton of stakes in these books. We always know that mm-hmm. the, the main guy's going to win, that nobody ever dies. Like, And in most other books, this will be a complaint. I like the way he does it. So that, yeah, there's a plot. And yeah, there's themes and yeah, everything else. But you pretty much always know that the characters might go through some rough stuff and learn lessons, but everything's going to be fine. Right. So this took me way off guard because I... He never kills off a character Mm -hmm. like that. Like, that doesn't happen. And Tiffany wouldn't kill someone. And it gives him this nice, like, out that he didn't ruin this young character because the Hiver did it. Right. But the horror of her losing her body, of spending some pages dealing with Mm -hmm. what that feels like to her, and then Tiffany's guilt is all very good.
1: And the killing of Miss Level isn't undone. No, there's she's gone. So she's half half gone. Yeah, um, she, she's like because she's one person in two bodies, right? And
0: it's like losing some limbs or something, right?
1: And because she's a witch, she gets the use of those limbs back—the phantom limbs she can Mm -hmm. use, which is very witchy and cool. Yeah, Granny
0: kind of gets in her head and says, like, just make the tea, mm -hmm. just do it, mm -hmm. which is very good,
1: but. That body is dead. It gets right. exploded.
0: Yep. And and
1: Tiffany has the memory of doing it. Yep. She wasn't in control of her body, but she was there. She watched it happen. Yes. She felt it happen.
0: Right. And this is something she'll have to live with for the rest yep. of her life. And, and I like that.
1: It's the same with turning Brian into a frog. She mm-hmm. remembers doing that. And she wasn't in control of herself, but she did do it.
0: Right. And I don't know. I liked all that. I liked the setup of Miss Level's two bodies mm-hmm. and then her losing one of them like and like i say the description of what that felt like and and describing it in terms of phantom limbs and like yeah. she, she feels a phantom body now and that was all very good
1: i also liked uh because another thing that the hiver does well it's in control of tiffany is it steals an old man's burial money mm-hmm. um so, yeah that's how she yeah.
0: pays for all the stuff at zaxx even with a 90 percent discount
1: right. um and the thing that she's most scared of is not facing the hiver or monsters or anything. It's telling Mr. Weevall that she's... Yes, this
0: nice old man that she stole his money. She
1: stole his money. And uh, what I kind of like here is the fegals actually fill the chest with, like fegal burial money, like the gold. Yeah, they live in burial
0: mounds that kings were buried in. So there's all kinds of gold coins and stuff.
1: So they just sort of fix the problem. So Mm -hmm. even though there are consequences, sometimes there doesn't have to be, which is kind of nice. and
0: In a lot of other authors' hands, Mm -hmm. this would feel like a cheat. It would feel like she did something bad and she didn't have to suffer the consequences. But first of all, she did. Because the consequences are her feeling terrible about it. Whether or not the old man actually gets mad at her, she still feels bad. So we still get the consequences. And she still has
1: to face him and tell him what she did. Yes.
0: Yeah, it doesn't get undone before she confesses.
1: And Granny uh, like talks to her about it because she says, you know... Like isn't it nice that this this happened? And Tiffany's sort of bothered by it, and she's like, "Well, she's like it does it doesn't feel fair." And it's like, "Well, the world's not fair." And isn't it kind of better that this old man doesn't have his money stolen from him? Shouldn't you just just be grateful you have friends?
0: Yeah, for for once the unfairness worked out in someone's favor. Yeah, it usually doesn't. just
1: just let it happen. It's fine,
0: and it's nice that Granny points this out because Granny is someone who doesn't really have joy in her life she and there's some really good stuff there Mm -hmm. like the second half of the book is as we said the two of them and there's a lot of pointing out the similarities there's a lot of pointing out how they're similar and even specific details like tiffany has a small box of keepsakes that she keeps that is the most important thing that goes with her everywhere just like when granny was going to leave her cottage that was the only thing right the small
1: box of everything else
0: there wasn't hers it was the cottages that's hers and Tiffany's already starting one at age 11, and Tiffany can't do broomsticks. She gets sick. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know how to handle them. The hiver did, but basically by threatening it, right. she she doesn't know how. And that's another way she's like Granny, but she's also... She also
1: can't do shambles. Right. Which neither can Granny.
0: Which the the, the concept is introduced in this book, so maybe we should talk about what that is.
1: So it's like kind of like a cat's cradle, mm-hmm. uh, except you've got a bunch of like stuff from your pockets, and it helps you sort of read the world to sort
0: of yeah it's kind of an ad hoc like magic detector or like magicometer or something that you just make out of stuff
1: and it sort of it it can tell you sort of the near future the near past or like what's going on yeah um and tiffany can't do it
0: and later just keep exploding (laughs) yeah when she talks to granny she's like yeah i can never get the hang of them either and it's like wow these two are very similar but then we run into some fundamental ways that they're not like tiffany near the end sees granny's cottage and sees how Spartan it is, and how empty it is, and we realize, oh, Tiffany, when she gets to this point, is not going to be like this.
1: No, Tiffany makes conne- she. It's hard for her to make connections with people, but she does yes. do it. She has some friends.
0: Yeah, and like we saw the struggle with her brother mm-hmm. having to first deal with the utilitarian idea of he's mine, give him back, and mm-hmm. then oh, because I love him, I guess. But it is there,
1: right? And she's got Roland, who she's got kind of a schoolgirl crush on a little oh, bit. Oh, I like all of which that. Which is really cute.
0: They're both into each other, but they're both not into each mm-hmm. other. And the Feigles talk about how because they watch her all the time right. and like how yeah she doesn't talk to him. We've seen her stand for hours waiting for him to pass so she won't talk to him. Right. Like it's it's oh I she, again. I can't speak to the specific mm-hmm. experience of being an 11-year-old girl, but that sure felt pretty accurate.
1: And he uh, gets her a present, which is um, a necklace shaped like the chalk horse near where she lives.
0: Right. This And this is something that's introduced in this book as well. Yeah. Which is based on a real life thing, apparently.
1: Yep. And it's really meaningful to her. And then later on, he gets her a, um, a dictionary of unusual words. Yes. And she says it's sort of a strange experience spending all your time watching people and looking at them and seeing what they're doing and then not realizing that someone's watching you.
0: Yes. They're all doing exactly yeah. the same thing you are. But let's go back to the horse for a minute because it's yeah. an interesting concept that you've always talked about really liking. Yes,
1: I really do. Um, the idea, and Terry Pratchett describes this so beautifully, is that the horse... The Chalk Horse doesn't really look exactly like a horse. It looks like sort of the idea of a horse. No, and
0: Miss Tick looks at it and doesn't understand right. that it's a horse on first glance.
1: Because it's the the shape of a running horse that's just sort of a very sketchy outline. Yeah, and but who's... a very
0: specific, artful, like, mm-hmm. accent on the important parts. Mm-hmm. It's not like the outline of an entire horse's body. It's just the... the... The parts that you can identify as you know horse like
1: right and they say in the book that it's not what a horse looks like it's what a horse is yes and that is a very that's a an idea that comes up in the tiffany books a lot like when you pair something down to its like its essence right um but it's also the whole
0: story idea it comes up a lot in all of these books and it's based on a real english thing apparently
1: yeah i sent you a picture of it right yeah
0: and because i couldn't really picture it Mm -hmm. in my head the way he was describing it and you showed me and it's like oh yeah i see that i mean it looks like a horse to me but
1: yeah but it's like just some simple lines yeah describing a horse a little bit like a cave painting like that kind of that kind of thing right
0: but is again there's a there's a real painting is a painting or a something
1: no it's like a chalk like it's it is what it is in the book Ah, okay um you scrape you sort of but was it
0: made by people or is it just a natural formation? No, no, made by people. Okay. Yeah. Um But then this comes up later near the end, where she like uh, is sort of facing the hiver for the last time, mm-hmm. and the and the horse appears. Right. And it's very good.
1: And we uh, we actually spend some time in Tiffany's dreamscape again, mm-hmm. and there's a there's a good bit where the fegals see her as the land, like mm. she was. Oh, in the first this is book. actually my quote. Okay. Yes. This is this is so good. Yeah.
0: And. I will say it just as soon as I find it. all right, it's a bit of a long one uh
1: all of these ones have been a little long' cause well, I don't they're, i they're like good what I, good I did bits. In,
0: what I did in previous books was often highlight like a bunch of tiny little mm-hmm. like joke passages or good insightful passages. but in these later books now it's just like here are three like here's three continuous pages. And when
1: do I stop
0: because his writing style has evolved to the point where there's some good one liners sure but and there's some good gags still, but it's more about the the narrative, the how everything yep. fits together, how, like, it's hard to find a starting point and a stopping point because it all works as one piece so much more than a bunch of little things that, that I liked. So, here we go. Rob, anybody returned, followed by, well, everyone. You cannot die, he yelled, but we can make you wish you could. They charged. The feagles had the advantage in most fights because they were small and fought big enemies. If you're small and fast, you're hard to hit. The hiver fought back by changing shape all the time. Swords clanged on scales, heads butted into fangs. It whirled across the turf, growling and screaming, calling up past shapes to counter every attack. But feagles were hard to kill. They bounced when thrown, sprang back when trodden on, and easily dodged teeth and claws. They fought, and the ground shook so suddenly that even the hiver lost its footing. The shepherding hut creaked and began to settle in the turf, which opened up around it as easily as butter. The saplings trembled and began to fall over, one after the other, as if their roots were being cut under the grass. The land rose. Rolling down the shifting slope, the feagles saw the hills climbing toward the sky. What was there, what had always been there, become more plain. Rising into the dark sky was a head, shoulders, a chest. Someone who had been lying down, growing turf, their arms and legs the hills and valleys of the downland, was sitting up. They moved with great stony slowness, millions of tons of hill shifting and creaking around them. What had looked like two long mounds in the shape of a cross became giant green arms unfolding. A hand with fingers longer than houses reached down, picked up the hiver, and lifted it up into the air. Far off, something something thumped three times. The sound seemed to be coming from outside the world. The feagles, turning and watching from the small hill that was one of the knees of the giant girl, ignored it. "'She tells the land what it is, and it tells her who she is,' said awfully wee Billy, tears running down his face. "'I cannot write a song about this. I'm not good enough.' Is that the big wee hag dreaming she's the hills or the hills dreaming she's the big wee hag, said Doft Willie. Both maybe, said Rob Anybody. They watched the huge hand close and winced.
1: Oh, so good. Very, the, very good. The Ghanagal, like their poet saying, how, yeah. how can I express this? This
0: is this is this beyond is, my capabilities is, yeah. because it's so poetic. Yeah. Yeah, and so good. Also, it kind of feeds into the idea of the idea of the horse. Right. The idea of the land. The girl, mm-hmm. the land, like they're the same thing.
1: Yep. What when you cut Tiffany down to her core, what is she? She's the chalk.
0: And it's a great mirror of the previous mm-hmm. book because she tells the land what it is, the land tells her what it is. Yep. And it's they're all
1: they're like inexorable. Like it's they not, are the same. It's
0: not just that the land needs hers, that she need like yep. it's a it's a good second part of that.
1: And she can do this now, even though she's far from her chalk.
0: Like... Yes. The reason. That the feagles are able to snap her out of this Mm -hmm. hiver thing is sense memory. Mm -hmm. She's able there. They get this unique combination of smells that she associates with the shepherding hut with Mm -hmm. with uh, Granny Granny Aching, which is turpentine Mm -hmm. and sheep wool and jolly sailor tobacco. And I love that too Mm -hmm. because we all know, like, smell has a weird connection to memory,
1: right? And powerful.
0: Yes, more powerful than. Like intellectual thought right. more powerful than images you might remember Smell or sounds you might remember, and then
1: write a whole book about it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, wasn't that like three books or something? Yeah, so many books. Yeah, whatever.
0: But, um, <laughs> and I like that that is more powerful than the magic that ties to a thing we can all relate to as right. human beings, and and it's very good. But it also works in this magic world. But and
1: she's so close to the land that that's all it takes. That's what I'm saying. All she needs is there. That's
0: what all she needs is a tie back to. Mm-hmm the the most the most her location on the chalk, which is Granny Aching's
1: hut. And what she does in this is, she's spending all of her energy keeping the hiver out, keeping the hiver out of herself, out mm-hmm. of herself, out of herself, and she shrinks down to this small thing inside of herself. And what she ends up doing is letting the hiver in.
0: I love this. Oh, so I love good. the the resolution is not. Because there's talk throughout the entire book. As soon as the fegals know what's going on, it's like, well, no one can kill a hiver. No one's ever killed a hiver. You can't. And you can't. You can't. You can't. And it's like, okay, well, it would be a bit disingenuous to say that the whole book and then just have Tiffany kill it. Right. That's not fair. And that's not what happens.
1: It's not satisfying. That's not satisfying. No.
0: But she is the only one who can defeat it because she doesn't try to kill it.
1: No, it turns out that the hiver is like the hiver is dangerous. Yes. And the hiver has done horrible things. But the
0: is dangerous in a way that a cornered animal is dangerous.
1: Right. The hiver all the hiver wants to do is be safe. And yes. that's it's it's scared. Yes. And that's why it's doing all the things that it does. Right. And not only can you not kill it, but it can't die. And it's been running for millennia yeah and, and it never
0: feels safe so it's tired. always doing this this threatening stuff yeah it's
1: always scared and tired and it just wants to stop and so tiffany does the thing that all witches do when something that needs to die and can't find the way mm-hmm. she shows the hive or the way right into the the black sand desert
0: right which i love because it shows her compassion mm-hmm. it shows her growing into being a witch it shows that she has unique problem solving skills and then she finds herself trapped in the land with the, the, the purple sand. Yeah. And then Granny just opens the door and pulls her back.
1: Yep. And th- she, what happens with Tiffany is the door closes behind her and Death says, you, you can only come in that way. You can't go out that way. Mm-hmm. And Granny comes in and she puts her big boot in it so the door doesn't yep. slam behind her. She says, she's the like, hell you can't. Goodbye. Yep, nope. Nope. Nope.
0: Nope. I've had this fight with you before, Mr. Death. Goodbye. <laughs>
1: I'll see you next week when I adjust your uh, the problem with your elbow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, you know, Death doesn't have eyes, but if he did, he would probably be rolling mm-hmm. them. Like, or, a little oh, w- or, her. or a little wink. A little bit of that, but also like uh, her again.
1: <laughs> Always her again. Yep. And so Granny pulls Tiffany back. So Tiffany does, like Tiffany leaps before she looks. Yep. And she would have, she still did the heroic thing. Yeah. But Granny's there to bring her back. The
0: heroic selfless thing.
1: Yep. And, and Granny then, does the practical thing. Yes. Yeah.
0: But usually Tiffany will do, you know, the practical thing. Right. But
1: here was a little different. And
0: I like that she's the one who defeated it because yep. she didn't try to kill it. Nope. That's such a good lesson.
1: No, but she helped. She helped the Hiver. Right. Yep.
0: Which is very,
1: very good. Um, should talk about the witch trials a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah. They
0: were I mean, there was a lot of talk building up to them, but they weren't really much... Of a part of the actual book, it was
1: more in the short story. That's we true. We got more of the, we got more of that in the short story, right? In the fish and the, and the fishes, the fish and the fishes, the right, fish and course. the fishes. Yes. Um. But we have this tension of the young witches versus sort of the senior witches, mm-hmm. because the young witches know that Tiffany did a big magic and she should win, mm-hmm. and then everyone else is like, well, but Granny brought her back; she should win, mm-hmm. and they both sort of come to an agreement where they're like just we're not mutual respect. Yeah. yeah. We're not we're
0: just going to let them have the yeah. trials and also we're both very very tired and worn out. Yep. We're just going to sit here and rest while everyone does their thing.
1: And then Petulia does the pig trick and mm. everyone loves it cuz it's amazing. Right. Yeah. Very good.
0: No, I liked all of that and and of course there was the whole anagramma like mm-hmm. doesn't believe her thing. It's <laughs> like ooh. and then Tiffany empties some like purple sand yep. out of her shoe and that shuts everyone up. Yep. Off. And then like at that point all the all the girls turn on Anna Graham was yep. like, shut up, just just stop it, just stop talking.
1: And it's nice because she's been mean to Petulia the whole time, and Petulia mm-hmm. finally gets to say, like, enough. Mm-hmm. And we, even though Petulia is sort of a very obliging character, we don't see her get beat up much right. in the future books because she's sort of come into her own, yeah, and she knows her value, and, yeah, it's
0: good. Yeah, the thing is, you might not be a Granny Weatherwax, you might not right. even be a Nanny Og, but that doesn't mean you're not useful. Yep. And that—that's no and call on
1: to... on a day to day, someone like Petulia is probably better to have around than a granny or a Tiffany. Yeah, probably.
0: Um, I loved all of Tiffany's um, conflating granny with granny aching.
1: Yes, and what I liked about the short story is how it sort of illuminates the differences mm-hmm. and how Tiffany thinks they're the same, and in some ways they are, but they're really not.
0: No, but, like, uh, um, at one point, uh, she literally sees Granny Aching standing there. Right. Which I love. And then later in the story, after she's went gone through some stuff with Granny, she's like, uh, Mistress Weatherwax, no, you can call me Granny. And she goes to uh, the other uh, girls. Uh, she goes to the other girls and says, well, Granny Weatherwax. And they all went, oh, you can't call her that. Right. Well, well, she asked me to. That's that's what she's known as. That's what she's called. And And then there's a great bit near the end about she remembers the whole China Shepherdess thing, mm-hmm. that whole heartbreaking thing mm-hmm. in the other book. And about, she applies it to Granny Weatherwax right. about the image of a witch. And is it the same as the actual witch in front of me? Are they the same thing? Are they different? How do you separate them? And it is all very
1: good. And then at the end of the book, uh, Tiffany gives Granny this billowing, beautiful cloak. Yes. Uh, that is sort of very simple. Like It's that similar Shepherdess thing, except this is something that Granny would like just like granny aching kind of like the shepherdess thing a little bit yeah like it was
0: but granny like it's it's the only thing that tiffany bought when she was goth tiffany Mm -hmm. for five seconds that she kept
1: she also kept her big dumb hat
0: well okay yeah yeah. but she gives it to uh or she gives the cloak to granny and granny's like i can't accept this and then she's like wait a minute yes you know what yes i can Uh, yeah and
1: something that's not necessary
0: but this is The seventh or eighth book, I think, Mm -hmm. with Granny Weatherwax. Can you imagine her taking this from any other character? No. Even her closest friend in the world, Githa Og? No. Tiffany
1: sees (laughs) Granny more than anyone else does. And
0: Granny respects her and accepts her as an equal more than she does even Nanny Og.
1: And Tiffany sees that a lot of... A lot of Granny's strength is like there's there's weakness under there too. Like yeah, like I said, when yeah. she saw
0: her cottage, she's like, "Ooh, this is sad."
1: But she also sees that Granny is an old woman and she has trouble walking for twenty miles. Like I she'll think, do it anyway. I
0: think that was like a Granny's willing to show weakness in front of her thing because again. She wouldn't show that in front of anyone else. But Tiffany... But she feels
1: comfortable with Tiffany. Yeah.
0: She's seen Tiffany in some pretty compromising positions and she's helped her and she knows she's strong enough to help herself and,
1: And you know. And also, Granny tests and she tests and she tests and Tiffany passes and passes and passes. And you can sort of see that Granny can kind of see her successor here. Mm -hmm. So it lets her let her guard down a little bit
0: but at no point does it not feel earned no because you could very easily say oh mary sue there's a i mean it's not in any sense but in terms of like now there's this young new character who's better than this best character that he spent all these books setting up better in every way and it's like yeah no also she's still got some failings and i like that too i like that we see some of her her flaws. Well, her in this flaws book. are
1: writ pretty large in this book. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's
0: one of the reasons I like yeah. it so much. Is because the last book was just about how her potential is off the charts, mm-hmm. and here it's like, well, that's still true, but also she's real human, and I like that a lot. So I don't know. I like I like this one a great deal. Uh, anything else?
1: Um, I don't think so. That's that's the that's the most of it.
0: All right. Uh, what do you got for a grade?
1: Uh, so uh, this is a B plus. I liked it good. Like this is a good book. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I enjoyed reading it again. Um I didn't like it as much as the previous one and I don't like it as much as the next ones.
0: Huh. No, I liked it just as much as the previous one. I Pretty gave it an good. A. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh if I gave the last one an A+, which I may have, then I suppose this one also gets an A+. Yeah. I don't remember. Probably I think you did. Checked.
1: It was it was oh. I think you okay. did. The last one was real good. Yes. Yeah.
0: This one was also very good. And like I say, I like it felt like an escalation. From the previous one it felt like continuing the themes it didn't feel like like these books are compared to Harry Potter a lot which I think is unfair.
1: Yep these are better in every measurable way.
0: But one of the things about Harry Potter was book two was basically book one again.
1: Yeah, I liked book in the Harry Potter books, I liked the second book better than the first yeah, one. Yeah, it was but an I'd improvement. i already, but it was already the read same. the first one. Yeah, yeah, it
0: was the same story, only told a little better.
1: That's a problem with a lot of young adult books, yeah. is the, the, the they write the first book, and then it turns out it's popular, and they're like, okay, write a second book, and the author's like, uh... uh I didn't have any more uh, ideas, so... Whoops. Uh, yeah. uh, so they kind of dash something together.
0: And I don't know if he had a plan for this to be mm-hmm. a whole series or not, but... This definitely feels like the next chapter of Tiffany and not just like here's more of the same.
1: No, it does not feel like the first book written again. And Terry Pratchett does do that. Like we Uh, we, see him doing that.
0: I would say apart from Rincewind, Mm -hmm. every character he comes back to has changed in some way. Like Granny, eh, there's definitely some themes that once they've been dealt with have been dealt with and she's a little different. She hasn't changed that much, but she's definitely different. Vimes changes every book. Yep. To some extent. He's still the same guy, but he's he grows a bit. And later on, Moist von Lipvig. Like, we get, you know...
1: Moist changes a lot in the first book. He, I don't think he sees a lot of character growth in subsequent mm. books. I
0: mean, he only gets three. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, but anyway, I'm saying I think more than not, I think he's usually pretty good at that. I think Rincewind's the only one that's just always Rincewind. Um, all right. So... We couldn't really find any good puns or plays on words.
1: There one, huh? might have been some that we didn't write down, but
0: nothing one. that jumped out at either of us. Yeah. I and mean, we're both like, we both have a pretty good memory for that stuff. So,
1: and I've been writing them down when you make the noise. Yeah, like, basically, mm-hmm. I go, Ugh, and you go, yeah. ooh, got to write That's that. That's the down. one. Yep. Um. So this was the sort of the best we could sort of come up with. And this, this is... is
0: more play on words than pun.
1: Yeah. Um. You mean plants really tell you how to use them? Said Tiffany. Well, not all of them. You have to know where to look, said Miss Level. Look at this, for example. On the common walnut, you have to use the green magnifying glass. By the light of the taper made from red cotton, thus, Tiffany squinted. The letters were small and hard to read. May contain nut, she ventured. But it's a nutshell. Of course it contains a nut. Uh, won't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was that was fun. Not bad. Yeah. Again, more word play than than pun. It was but the go. best
1: one I could find.
0: No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we're we're leaning hard on the, yeah, the play second on part word of that. play yeah. on words. Uh, so for our cliche count, almost none. Nothing happened to other people. No quantum's. No surreptitious. One susuration, which doesn't count as a cliche. I don't think. If there's only one, because yeah. it's a word in Tiffany's vocabulary yeah. that we talked about last time, and only one gingerly. So. I think he's getting better at that. I don't think we're going to see a ton of these I think forward. it's
1: definitely going to continue to be on the decrease. Yes. Yeah.
0: Like, he's, he's leaning I less on his crutches. I remember some
1: gingerlies in the later books that are like, man, enough.
0: Get a new adjective, man. Yeah. Or adverb, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Is that it? I think that's it. That's it. So next time, we will be doing Going Postal, the first yeah. moist, fun lip fig book. Which man, I love moist. You love, I think, is fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, uh you know, it's not like one we dread or anything. So
1: I love it. I love Moy so much.
0: Yes, and we're gonna have to watch the Sky TV adaptation oh, no, of it as well. I
1: don't love that.
0: So sucks. Don't don't get your hopes up too high because there's also that.
1: Oh sucks, hate it. So terrible. All right.
0: This has been a co-production of Ron Algar and Amanda Smith for Algar Productions and Giant Black Albatross, Copyright 2020 and 2021. For full archives, RSS feed and more details about us, visit thedeathofpodcast.com. And for access to our show notes, bonus photos, advanced copies of episodes, and even the opportunity to pick something for us to review, consider a donation at patreon.com Algar. That's A-A-L-G-A-R. Thanks for listening.